Warning. This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Welcome to another episode of the Viewers Anonymous Podcast. I am Scoots Brunson. And I am S. Foster. That's right. And we're here to give you reviews of movies and television shows that we like and some that you like as well. What's going on, my guy? Can't call it, man. Uh, just was telling you about uh, some insane shit yesterday that I'm not going to share with the, with, the, with, the, with the listeners because I was about to say viewers. I was about to fuck it up. Ain't nobody watching us, but uh, <laughs> but nah, man, just uh, playing 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 over some things in my head, man. Things that you know that I want to do in the future, whether that happens or not. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of the things you have to visualize, and if you visualize it, you know, what I'm saying try to make it into existence. So, I've just been doing a lot of brainstorming, man. But how, how about you, man? How you feeling, man? Everything is great, you know, what I'm saying my single job. You know what I'm saying? It's out now. Y'all can go check that out. Zambient. It's on all DSPs, man. Spotify title. You know what I'm saying? It's on Apple Music. It's everywhere. So you can play that joint. You know what I'm saying? Get them numbers up for me, man. Album come out August 7th. So you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get some decent numbers before that album come out. But um, outside of that, man, that's it. I just been listening to my song all day, man. Happy. That's what's up, man. Proud of you. Happy for you. Appreciate Um, it be able to do something and then just just the then the amount of speed that you was able to get it done you know what i'm saying you did a whole yeah. album in a day I, I, did, <laughs> I did two albums in two days two albums in two days so <laughs> yeah I, yeah man that's uh for number one man it, it's it's a talent you know to be able to do something like that and For then sure. just to be able to like yo i want to do this and then go do it because i think that with us being creators and us being podcasters, I think that there's a lot of people. I mean, not maybe not now, but back then when we started, I'm yeah. pretty sure there were people who, yo, man, I want to start a podcast. And it's like they just keep putting it off and putting it off mm-hmm. and putting it off. 100%. And it was just like, yo, like we done that shit. You came up with a thing in your head like, yo, man, it's a lot of Caribbean music going on right now. I'm, I want to do an album. And then you did an album. And, you know, you got the first single out today. <clears throat> which I listened to and I shared shared with the people, so everybody need to go check that out. Appreciate and, uh, that too. But the album, man, album gonna be dropping next month. So hey, and the album got variety on it. It's EDM, techno. You know what I'm saying? Some eighty synthesizers in that joint. You know, it's that music. You feel me? We out here. We bringing back ecstasy and, uh, <laughs> and Molly. You know what I'm saying? Cocaine music. It's, it's all that good stuff, bro. We bringing the rave. I'm trying to bring the raves back, man. Remember Everybody. when people used to go to raves, bro? And like, then nothing happened, but like maybe like one one person overdosed, and a lot of sweating. Yeah, hella sweating. You know what I'm saying? Glow sticks. Everybody was dancing. It was cool. Wasn't nobody fighting. Yeah, man, I want to bring that vibe back, man. Well, people used to actually have fun, bro. I'm tired of you know what I'm saying. Every time I turn on the radio, got the Glock 40 in the hammer. Didn't mind to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, goddamn, why you so angry, man? Calm the fuck down. Damn, so you know what I'm saying? Turning up, just trying to put out some good dance music, bro. 
Man, why you gotta call out Benny the Butcher like that? Oh, um, whoever it is. You know <laughs> nah, but uh, also, man, if you on TikTok, listen, add it up. Add the, you know, what I'm saying I got it as a sound on TikTok as well. So add the sound on TikTok, or you could check me out on TikTok at Scoots Bronson TV. It's all one word, ain't no underscore. Go on there. You know what I'm saying? I got the Zambian challenge. Do the Zambian challenge, and uh, let's see how well you do. I think I turned up on my video, man. That's what's up. I definitely saw the video. <laughs> and I couldn't do nothing, nothing but laugh. <laughs> I, was like, I did that shit at four in the morning, bro. That's funny. No, four in the morning, I was out like a light. I know, man. That's how excited I was. I woke up at four in the morning like my song came out today, man. Oh man, well you you bringing back that uh the Scarface music. Mm-hmm. That splash splash to the yo. Hey, that's what I'm trying to do, bro. That's what hey, I'm man, trying to do. So oh man. Those club scenes in Scarface though, legendary. Yeah, buddy. It's definitely nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. But um <clears throat> so man, we gotta we gotta get into uh you know what I'm saying, one of one of your favorite, which is one of my favorite segments too man mm-hmm. um I, I think it was it was it was definitely a scoots bronson idea and i fucking love this idea because like you said it, it gives us an opportunity to be like yeah like we're doing either this movie this tv show this documentary or this appreciation mm-hmm. episode but we also watch other shit throughout the week or exactly. like you added last uh last week was listening to something mm-hmm. so um <clears throat> I kick us off today, man. I'm gonna kick us okay. off today. So, so on the segment of what we watching, man, I got I got two. One is just gonna be basically a mention. I've been I've been talking about it on social media. I've been feeding for it. I couldn't help it. I done watched three episodes of The Sopranos last night. <laughs> <laughs> I started that, man. I started yeah, that, man. I couldn't help it. But you want to know what else I did? Another small mention. Man, I watched Ray Donovan the movie again, man. Okay. Like, okay. You know, because I watched it that one time, and then I did a pod on it, and um, which is my highest played pod on the Twenty Eight Minutes or Less, by the okay. way. So I appreciate everybody who took a listen to that. Um, you know, it got up to uh, for last I looked, man, it got up to seventy seven plays. That's what's up. So um, I I don't know what made that one that one, but you know that is what it is. Mm-hmm. But so the new thing of what I'm watching is a movie that came out on Amazon Prime and it's called The Contract. No, The Contractors. Excuse me, The Contractor. Okay. And um starring Chris Pine. We've already got into our conversation about Chris Pine yeah. out there. We gotta we gotta go into it again. But basically, <laughs> it's a uh it's a movie where he is uh coming out of the military. Um, he, he actually got um, he got uh, uh, dishonorably discharged because he got a knee injury. Mm-hmm. And basically what he did was, you know, what some athletes do, either to PEDs or steroids to yeah. speed up his injury. And he really did it because, like, he, he wanted to keep – he wanted to stay in the military. Like, he wanted to keep doing what he was doing, but his knee prohibited him from doing what he wanted to do. So because he got this negative test, they discharged him. Yeah. So when he got discharged, he don't get the pension. 
So right. he's trying to find a way to make money. So he ended up getting up with um with one of his dudes that he was teamed up with, which was played by Ben Foster. Ben Foster been busy lately. Um, so uh he go to Ben Foster. Um, uh, well the person, well Ben Foster's the actor's name, but I don't remember his name in the movie. But anyway, he goes to him and he asks him um about work. He's like, "Yo, there's this one guy that's paying us to basically do these jobs." So. They sent him to do this job, and what ended up happening was the whole plan was to get the job done, but they killed Chris Pine's character mm. because, like, they don't like being. Well, what Ben ended up doing was he he ended up getting like basically all of the money for the job because. His son, being the character of Ben Foster, his son was um he was disabled. Okay. And his medical bills got crazy. So he basically left him out to dry because he thought that he was dead. Mm-hmm. So the way that Ben looked at it when he finally, you know, because his whole thing was I'm gonna kill the, you know, I'm gonna, basically I gotta get out of this situation first. Then when I get back, I'm gonna go to the dude who set up the job and I'm going to kill him and I'm going to find out what's going on. Come to find out his partner was the one who ended up knowing about the whole deal and what his plan was. He, because he didn't get his pension, he was going to give his wife a hundred grand or some shit Mm -hmm. like that. But he thought he was dead and then come to find out he wasn't dead. So, um, it's just one of those movies. It's not reinventing the wheel. I mean, it's really kind of similar to the Great Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a it's a lot of these movies that's going around with guys either ex marine or whatever the case may be. Somebody set up on set him up on a job. He was supposed to die, but he didn't die, and he basically yeah. did that shit. So, um, it's not anything basically new that we have seen, but. You know, I gave it a watch. I thought it was cool. So uh, check out the contractor on Amazon Prime. Nice. So um, what I got is uh, a documentary. It's on Netflix, man, and it's called "The Most Hated Man on the Internet." Um, it's about it's basically the story of this dude named Hunter Moore, who around I believe they said it was like 2010, 2012, created this website called. Um, is anyoneup.com and when they uh basically when he had started the site he had like pictures of like all these random girls they was you know saying they had news or they had videos of them doing stupid stuff or they had like just random people just doing dumb stuff or just like random people being on there ass naked just it was just crazy so Basically, um, one of the girls that was on there, she, you know, so her friend hit her up like, yo, did you know that you was on this site? And she like, no, what site are you talking about? So she sent her the site. She see the picture. And then, you know, since she basically trying to figure out how to get this shit taken down because she don't even know how that shit got on there. Um, So basically, the dude, it was he was like he was calling himself the king of revenge porn or whatever. And this was a revenge porn site. And this nigga was like putting up the pictures of people, putting up their Facebook profiles, like putting up they they social media handles, like all kind of shit, bro. Like pictures of them, like it was just it was it was a 
a crazy ass setup the way it was the way it was set up is wow. So the girl who ended up finding out her picture get on there, she tell her mom because her mom like a lawyer or some shit like that, or used to be a lawyer or something. Well, shit, her mom married this rich British dude, so she ain't got shit to do. So from the time she wake up to the time she go to sleep, she doing everything in her power to figure out who this motherfucker is. All these people that's on here are like she doing all the, the, the groundwork to you know what I'm saying catch this motherfucker basically. So. While they doing that, they show the, the Hunter Moore dude, they show his life like this nigga at parties. This nigga got bitches sniffing coke off his dick. This nigga getting oh. high. He's sniffing cocaine. He fucking bitches. He got a girlfriend, but they, they running trains on bitches. Like, it's all kind of wild shit going on. He taking drugs and shit. So <laughs> at the end of, basically at the end of all of it, him and this dude get caught, but he got busted because he was, um, he had um hacked people's shit. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of him hacking a shit, you know what I'm saying? Fucked around and you know, it, of course everybody know hacking is a crime, but basically got all the shit without consent. So him and dude, they basically did three years in federal prison um for hacking and um identity fraud. And this one dude, he was a Marine. He bought the website from him and shut the website down. So when he had shut the website down, he was telling them, like, hey, man, just go ahead and sell me your site. Because whoever is running your site, you know, they approving a whole bunch of bullshit. Like, they got kids' pictures on here. One of the girls on here was, he said one of the girls on there was, nine, they, she said she was 19, but basically she was 15. Because he was running, the, um, he knew how to run, like, metadata and shit so mm-hmm. he was running out of metadata and like the the shit that it was coming from was this one girl's uh phone she was like 14 15 years old so he was telling dude like just go ahead and sell me the website i take all the shit down you ain't got to worry about it so he sold him the website for like less than twelve thousand dollars or whatever and then dude was about to bring out another website and if he would have just kept his fucking mouth shut not said nothing and kept his head low. He'd have been cool, but he ended up on CNN with the lady, the the uh the girl's mom. They got into it, and so she just went even harder at this nigga. She sent the FBI after this nigga and everything. It was crazy, bro. But it's called um the most hated man on the internet. It's on Netflix. It's it's some wild shit on there. I've heard about it. Um, haven't had a chance to watch it yet though. That shit is crazy. But yeah, Net- Netflix will definitely give you a lot of that type stuff, man. Um, For sure. So let me ask you this one thing before we get started, right? Since okay. we're on the talking about Netflix. So I was listening to a show today and they was talking about Netflix and they were just saying that the there's like a positive and a negative about Netflix. Like Netflix is pushing out a lot of material, but at the same time, Netflix it's getting to a point where it's kind of getting, they feel it's getting kind of diluted where there's so much material on there, but it's a lot of bad material that you have to kind of sweep through to get to the good material. Do you feel the same way? I call it cap. No, I don't feel the same way because if you get on HBO, HBO has a lot of material that you got to sift through to, to get to the good shit. Uh, Disney Plus has a lot of material that you got to sift through to get to the good shit. It's all about what you like and what you don't like. 
plain and simple, bro. They got to have stuff for everybody on there. They can't just have stuff for what one person likes. Now, the one thing that they do or that they try their best to do is they try to cater towards the stuff that you like and the stuff that you, you know what I'm saying, and away from the stuff that you don't like. But what you have to do is you have to actually go through and thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up, thumbs down mm-hmm. the stuff that you watch and stuff like that. And you'll start to see more stuff that you're into. I noticed that because um, one time I'm just search, searching through shit and I can't find nothing. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Why can't, why ain't nothing popping up? And then when I start actually thumbs up and then thumbs down and shit that I was watching, next thing you know, all this shit get to popping up that I like and that I'm interested in seeing. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, they don't hit that shit at all. They don't rake the shit. They don't thumbs up, thumbs up. They don't do none of that shit. They just open it up, try to search for something. And then if they don't find it, they just complain it. But what I do, yeah, one thing I do like about Netflix is they'll they'll do the one thing where you watch the gray man, hear movies that are similar to the gray man. But see, even when they even when you do that, right? If you thumbs up that shit after you watch it, anytime those recommendations come up, those recommendations change every time you watch the shit. They don't never stay mm-hmm. the same. So when you start thumbs up and shit, the more stuff that you thumbs up and the more stuff that you thumbs down, it'll start tailoring it to the stuff that you like or the stuff that you watch. So, you know what I'm saying? Like the gray man might be, um, John Wick might be on the gray man one time. And then once you start thumbs up and then thumbs down, and the fucking matrix will be on there. You know what I'm saying? Like it just depends on the stuff that you, if you, if you utilize the tools that these platforms give you, if you rate, you comment, I mean, not comment, I'm talking about us, but if you rate and you thumbs up, thumbs down, or like and dislike, whatever they, whatever thing they got, five stars or whatever, four stars, whatever, if you use the tools that they give you, it's going to be way, way easier to tailor your Netflix, your HBO Max, your Disney Plus, your Prime, your Hulu, all that. It's going to be easy to do all that. You know what I'm saying? You can't just find something, add it to your list and be like, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? They're going to go off of that. No, they don't go off of that. They go off of the ratings. They need the feedback. If you give them feedback, the stuff that you get is going to be way better. I promise you. Man, that sounds very smart. You know what I'm saying? You got to start liking and and disliking stuff. You got to start rating stuff. Whichever system that they got, you got to start using the system. And once you do that, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, everything is going to get way, way better. I taught, I taught my mom how to do it, and all she find is the shows that she likes somehow. That's what's up. Yeah, man. So you ready to do this, brother? Man, let's do this. Man, so today we are doing an appreciation episode, and we are showing appreciation. We showing love. We giving flowers to one of the greatest to ever do it, man. I'm talking about the only African-American to have the triple crown of acting, Miss Viola Davis, man. Talk about her, my brother. Man, listen, very, very interesting woman, man. I, first of all, I want to mention I love listening to Viola Davis talk, you know what I'm saying, the interviews, man. She's a very intelligent woman, and you can tell that she looks at life through a gray area. Everything ain't black and white with her, but the Viola Davis man, born August the 11th, 1965, in St. Matthews, South Carolina, my home state. Not that I'm bragging about it, but she is from my home state. But she, um, 
But the thing about her is very interesting, man. Like she was born on her grandmother's farm in, on the Singleton plantation, right? Mm -hmm. Her father trained horses and her mother was a maid. I'm not done. Maid, factory worker, and a homemaker. Mm. You know what I'm saying? She was the second youngest of six children. You know what I'm saying? Four, uh, four sisters and a brother. So listen to this shit, right? So mm -hmm. soon after she was born, her parents moved her and the two older siblings to Central Falls, Rhode Island. You know what I'm saying? Leaving the other siblings behind with the grandparents. I don't know how they picked who left and who stayed. That's a story for maybe she told it in her book, but I mean, That's maybe they, 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 since they the youngest, you know what I'm saying, they kept them behind because it'd be a little bit easier to have, you know what I'm saying? Well, she was, the, she was the second youngest, though. See what oh, I'm saying? Man. I mean, well, maybe she, you know, was a little bit more mature. And uh, so, you know, like one thing about, like, that was very interesting about her. So she, uh, she always talks about how. You know, how she lived in, you know, poverty and, you know, dysfunctional mm -hmm. childhood and how their house was rat infested, all that type of stuff. But um, but her mom, by the way, uh, for a little fun fact for y'all, her mom was taken to jail after uh, well, she was arrested for a civil rights protest. So her mom was yeah. in, into the civil rights. Also, fun fact, you want to know, she has an actor that is her second cousin. Who? Mike Coulter. Oh wow, that's crazy. You know, he's from South Carolina too. Yeah, my culture is Luke Cage for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah. So that's her second cousin, man. But she ended up attending uh Central Falls High School when she was uh automata there. She uh that's where she learned her love for acting, you know, up in Rhode Island mm -hmm. and uh ended up going to Juilliard for the people that don't know she really do this shit. Yeah. Um but this is the one thing that I wanted to admit to you, right? Remember, I told you I had something to tell you. Mm-hmm. With being uh, a cinema uh a cinema lover that I am, and how she got her start, and how I think you have okay, I'm trying to say what I want to say, but I'm trying to say a lot at the same time. I'm trying to think how to say it. So I'm not huge in the plays. Okay. I don't really like plays. It's not that I don't like them. Because the thing about being in a play is you have to be extremely talented and you have to have a great memory because there's no second takes. Like, oh, I know. I used to be in plays. So, like, doing these plays, you have to be extremely talented. And I think that's why they usually like to get people who who done like plays. Yeah, play, because they're like, yo, them. we know that, you know, once we get them on camera, if, if they're able to do the stage work, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? they'll be able to do, you know what I'm saying, this on film with you giving certain takes and shit. So you have to be extremely talented at doing mm -hmm. that. And, like, a lot of the greats really done that. I I think that that type of theater of the mind for me, I, just, I never really got into. Like, even, like, how Tyler Perry became the person that he is today yeah. of taking, like, these plays and building a whole empire and making all of his movies mm -hmm. off the plays that he done. Mm -hmm. Um. I respect it, but 100%. I'm just—I don't know. I'm just not into it. You know what I mean? Well, I don't understand how you're not into it, brother. Because if you, because you know, what I'm saying you like good acting, and that's yeah. where a lot of the best actors are. You know what I'm saying? That's where a lot of the best best actors come from. Um, 
me personally, I have a theater background myself. You know what I'm saying? I was I never went to Juilliard or nothing like that. But you know what I'm saying? In in the fourth grade, you know what I'm saying? Um, not only did I win the spelling bee for the entire school, I also played guard number three, you know what I'm saying, in Carmen. You know what I'm saying? My line was halt, who goes there? Never forget it. You know what I'm saying? Breakout performance. People was happy about it. They was like, this is amazing. Um, you know what I'm saying? Sixth grade, I played Blitzen and uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So, you know what I'm saying? I have a little background. You know what I'm saying? I got a little history of, uh, you know what I'm saying, some theater. You know what I'm saying? Doing some stage performances, man. Um, but I will say this, though. You know what I'm saying? It is it is super, super tough um, to, to be in that because what you have to realize is, you are performing in front of people, right? Mm-hmm. And this isn't a movie, you know what I'm saying? You can't break the fourth wall in theater. Ain't no, well, I'm not saying you can't, but it ain't a lot of breaking of the fourth wall in theater. So you still have to, re- I mean, you know that there's people out there watching you, but there's no interaction with those people. And so you have to basically act as if you're on film but you're doing it in real life. And the and the, the hardest thing about it is ain't no retakes. So if you mess up, you done fucked up. Mm-hmm. Ain't no cut. You know what I'm saying? Roll, roll camera. Let's start over from the top. Ain't none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's heavy rehearsals. It's heavy remembering. Um, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people get together and they go through it and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of acting coaches were people that used to do stage plays and stuff like that. Like, so yeah, being on that stage is something totally different than being in front of that camera. That camera, you can, you know what I'm saying? You got a couple times to be like, okay, wait a minute, let me start over. You know what I'm saying? Before they start yelling and screaming at you. When you on stage, that one tiny slip up can cost the whole play. And that's yep. what you don't want. I, but I feel you, man. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I applaud you for it because I couldn't do it. Listen, this is one thing that people got to realize about me. I am I, – I, obviously, I've gotten a whole lot better. But I, when I was growing up, I was the shyest dude ever. Oh, like, okay, okay. Super shy. I don't like – even to this day, I don't like attention and shit. Yeah. So, like – I couldn't stand in front of a lot, like like even when I gave like the little speech that I did at Uncle Washington's like thing, like I'm mm-hmm. fucking thirty seven. Well, I think I was thirty six at the time, but thirty six years old, and I'm standing up in front of you know what I'm saying. It wasn't even a huge crowd, but it's just like it's just you know what yeah, I mean. Just, I, I'm See, I've as I've gotten older, I've I've gotten like that. When I was younger, man, I used to be the I used to be the the, the life of the party, man. You know what I'm saying? And then let me tell you how fire I was, though, in my fourth grade play. I was picked out of a crowd to do that. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, it wasn't even like, no, hey, you know what I'm saying? Um, You get picked. and I didn't have to try out no nothing. I raised my hand. The lady picked me, and then she gave me my lines. Everybody else messed their lines up, and then they had to start over. You know what I did? I gave them that shit straight up. Hulk! Who goes there? He <laughs> was like, hey, you, you got it in you. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, though. Like, now that I'm older, I'm like that now. Like, I, I, I tend to shy away from the spotlight a little. You know what I'm saying? I'm more of an introvert than uh, than I used to be. Definitely, man. Same here, same here. 
So, uh, so listen, people. You know what I'm saying the great Queen Viola Davis. She's a one for four in Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a one for three in British Academy Film Awards. She is three for five in Drama Desk Awards. Golden Globe. She's one for six. Um, Primetime Emmy Awards. She's one for five. You know what I'm saying as far as the SAG Awards, Screen Actor Guys Awards, she's six for ten. And then the Tony, she's two for three. So that's her best. Percentage. That ain't bad. Yeah, that ain't bad at all. No, it's it's not bad because, but then also awards are subjective. Like I give the people the stats, just to, you know what I'm saying, because like that's what people like to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think for a, a lot of the stuff, I don't think that you really need to be validated for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that because I was listening to her on an interview and she was talking about awards. And she said that the thing about awards is you you get it, you give your speech, you get off the stage, and you don't get complacent. She was like, Okay, I have to work harder. What I like, what's next? Like she's immediately thinking, what's next? Like, what else do I gotta do? Because I can't let this one award, you know what I'm saying, get me complacent to where, oh, like I made it. You know what I'm saying? Like with mm-hmm. her, you know, getting that Oscar. For fences, it's like, but okay. Well, this is the thing. Like, well, uh, uh, real quick though, real quick, because you okay. said fences. Let me tell you what's so dope about her doing fences, right? Which so, she did. Play, she did the play first. You, yeah, way you back me. in the day. No, no. With, but yeah. but this is the crazy thing. So not only did she do that, right? She played the. She's played the role in fences first. Mm-hmm. Got the best. Um, she got best actress. That's her second one. She got Best Actress. And then her first one was in um, King Headley II. Both of them, Fences and King Headley, are August Wilson plays. August Wilson is a famous black playwright. If you guys don't know who that is, definitely look him up. Um, Historic, historic dude. Dude has made some huge strides, Um, especially for us as, as playwrights and for real, for real, like he's one of those people where he put broad, like he put black people on the map for Broadway, um, especially when they didn't really want him. But um, so she gets the best actress for Fences, right? Then mm-hmm. when it comes to the Oscars, she gets nominated for the help, but then she gets best supporting actress for Fences. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that she gonna get best actress for the Tony, but when the Oscars come, best supporting actress? That's crazy, bro. Why can't yeah. she get best actress? You wanna know she almost got best actress for the fucking help. Yeah, but her partner that was in the movie with her ended up getting it. Um, that's I feel you. Like you, you took the one thing uh, I, I was gonna go on the August Wilson thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think what people got to understand is, and this is out of her words, well, out of her mouth. She said, "You can't say Viola Davis without saying August Wilson." Mm-hmm. Like August Wilson was the person who number one put her on the map, but also number mm-hmm. two gave her that confidence. She said one of the things that stand out the most. She said that. When they did, I believe fences. I think they did fences first. 
mm-hmm. and she was like, "The one thing no, that he said." No, they did first. That was that one was first. Mm-hmm. She said the one thing that he said to me that really took me to that next level was he said she said that he looked at her and said, "You are beautiful," and she said that's all it took was for someone else to like say that to her. And that gave her that confidence to go out there and like completely murder shit. So she was like, "Yeah, like you can't say you know Viola Davis without saying August Wilson." So, yeah. and also, this is another thing people got to understand about August Wilson. He wrote Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in 1984. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I was born in '85. He wrote this in '84, and they didn't do the movie. Well, it didn't get uh, what do you call it? The uh, accepted, not accepted, that's not the word, but you know what I'm trying to say. They finally didn't get to do it until you know 2000. You know, where they probably oh, you talking about the film adaptation, green light, the green light. They finally yeah. got the green light for it. That's what that's what I was searching for, probably 2019 because it came out 2020. Mm-hmm. So they finally got green lighted for it, and it took that long for it to get green green lit. So, um, but you know, while we on this track, man, um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom not only did she embody this role, but you can't help but to mention, you know, what I'm saying it was Chadwick Boseman's last. Mm-hmm. saying last role you know before he passed away with uh, colon cancer and she was speaking about him in an interview when she was just like the one she said one of the, the things that she loved about him the most was she said he had a, 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 a internal battle with loving the work as like basically being an actor but hated the fame she was mm-hmm. like he did not want to be famous she and and I, I thought that was something that you kind of picked up when just watching him, not movies. I'm just meaning like if you like see him like on a red carpet or or in him interview. in interviews, like you can tell like I don't give a shit about this damn. Yeah, remember when he was in the shit. shop? He was talking like he was talking about that when he was on the shop. He was talking about that. Yeah, like he really did not care about that, but his performance that he gave in that man, and then um, one thing that she, you know, that she left out in the interview, and I think that she was just trying to show respect to the family, was that the battles that he went through just filming it, like they said that he was like in his trailer getting IVs, like yeah. Like he was really struggling to get this out, but he didn't want anybody's sympathy. He didn't want anybody to know that he had cancer. Right. And um, I don't know if you you saw Ma. Um, oh man, you got you got to watch that man. She. I'm watching tonight, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey man, listen, y'all don't understand how hard it is for me to watch certain movies, like especially when it comes to like black movies. It's certain movies I won't watch. Like for instance, um, not to not to stray off topic, but they coming out with an Emmett Till movie. I'm not watching that's that. That's different. That's I'm different. not watching that shit, bro. I'm not watching that either. Yeah, I'm not going to see that shit. Because it's like 
It's, it always seemed like whenever they want to give us a movie, bro, it always got to be like pain and suffering and, and, and oppression. And it's like, God damn, can't we have a movie where like this nigga's the bad guy and then like this nigga's the good, like how with Luke Cage. The reason I liked Luke Cage was because we had a superhero and we had a villain and it wasn't nothing else in between that shit. These niggas was fighting each other. You know what I'm saying? It was crime going on in the community. Luke Cage was stopping it. Then this nigga was like, fuck that. We bringing it back. And he was like, how can I defeat this nigga? It was just like a regular ass show. That's what I want to see, bro. I'm sick and fucking tired of having to see fucking all these depressing ass movies. I don't want to see that shit. So with my Rainey's Black Bottom, even though I know, you know what I'm saying, they want to classify it as a feel-good movie, it's something in that movie that's going to make me go, see, this is the shit I'm talking about. I don't know, though. There, there, there's one thing that'll probably make you feel that way. Okay. But at the same time, I think you have the wrong impression with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because the thing about Ma Rainey was she is like considered like the mother of like blues music, right? Right, right. What this movie is about is a basically a recording session in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And like her whole thing is like you're getting to know that you know that, that that she's bisexual. You're getting to know that basically, like she may be perceived as a diva, but what she's doing is like she's proving a point to the white people. Like there was a whole scene yeah, where see, that's that's that that that's my point right there. No, like, no, no. See, listen, white folks. No, no. See, you, you let me finish. Okay. So they want her to record this song. Mm-hmm. It's hot. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I want a coke. And they're like, like the her manager's like, yo, like we have to get this done in a certain amount of time because I only bought, you know, so much time. She's like, I don't care. I want a Coke and I want you to go get it. So there's this whole thing, this whole dynamic of like, I'm not singing a fucking thing until you personally go get me a Coke. So she made this white man go down the street, buy her a Coke, come back. And then she drains the coat. She put the whole recording session on hold. For just for and, and it wasn't about the Coca-Cola. It was to prove a point of like, y'all need me. Yeah, to sing this song. It's still sounding the same, brother. I ain't gonna lie. Man, man. I, I see what you're saying. I feel you, but at the same time, I think that the the story that they was trying because what I said, the one thing that you might not like is Chadwick Boseman's character, he wanted it's like a solo deal. Mm-hmm. And so he played like this song for them or whatever, whatnot. And they basically like, like the guy, cause he kind of like, you know, yes, sir, type of thing to get himself uh, in the yeah, door. Nah, no. I mean, but, I don't watch it, but I'm not going to like it. But what ended up happening is basically the man ended up basically stealing the song. Basically. Of course. But, but other than that, no, but I think that's that, why he was in such a rush to get her to probably record it. So they could steal it from her too. <laughs> No good red message. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it was, it was. I mean, it it was it was a good movie. It, it does have some trauma in it. Um, the the way uh Chapman Bozeman character ended up um leaving already the know, movie. but um, but now nah, it was um. I I think that she was a very like powerful character, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, well, Viola Davis and Ma Rainey. But I thought that it was it was a film, and then that's when I really started learning more about um, about August Wilson as well. 
Yeah. And to and to find out that he wrote that thirty eight years ago, mm-hmm. like that is crazy. And then, dude, did you know there's only seven known photographs of Ma Rainey? That's it. No, like, I did not know that. That is that is it. Like there's not a lot of like images of her. So, um, you know, for them to be able to put that stuff together the way they did, she said she it basically ended up. Because there wasn't, you know, there was no video of her. There's only seven pictures of her. Like, mm-hmm. so when she read the script, she's just like, she had to take people. Uh, Viola Davis said she had to take people from her life to, to kind of, yeah, put it embody together. The, yeah, she said she used one of her aunts, mm-hmm. and she was like, so she kind of portrayed Ma Rainey as, you know, of one of her aunts. So I thought that that was very interesting for her to uh, to say that as well. Man, we missing out on the best performance Viola Davis ever gave. I thought you said you felt that was Fences. No, fuck no. I ain't even seen yeah. Fences. Man, <laughs> oh what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, I'm talking about Suicide Squad, bro. When she played the cold-ass... In charge, no bullshit, Amanda Waller, my nigga. When I tell you, when she was on they head in that movie, bro, and I, and both of them, peace, she was in Peacemaker too. She was on, you know what I'm saying, on both of the Suicide Squads and Peacemaker. We found out that she had a daughter and shit. And she was, you know what I'm saying, super stone cold. She wasn't playing no games with these folks. Man, Amanda Waller is everything you don't want your boss to be. And Viola <laughs> Davis embodied that perfectly. She was talking mad shit to these folks who could kill her with the with the blink of an eye. And she didn't give a good goddamn. <laughs> to me, that's one of her best performances, bro. Oh, man. I mean, I'm kind of cheating with this. Mm-hmm. But to me, her best performance was how to get away with murder. I know oh, it's kind yeah. of cheating I mean, because I mean no, no, it's ninety that's, episodes. That's a get no, that's a given because you know what I'm saying. Now those I've seen a couple episodes of that. Oh, oh my god! Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. She cold as shit in that show, man. You got to stop. Okay, what? look, what man? First of all, let me tell y'all something. All right, this dude said he's seen a few episodes. Let me tell y'all something. This was appointment TV for me. I'm talking about ABC Thursday nights at 10. Yeah, I am there. It was not I did. Old. I did all of that. You know what I'm saying? Because, see, this is the thing. Scandal used to come on at 9, but I yeah. never really got into Scandal. Well, that wasn't for you. So, but at 10, you know what I'm saying? And I used to hate it because, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm an old man, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I, the one thing I hated about How to Get Away with Murder is they came on at ten o'clock at night and I couldn't mm-hmm. go to sleep until about eleven thirty because the adrenaline had to <laughs> had to go down. <laughs> it took me about That's thirty weird. minutes. It took, me about, it took me about thirty minutes to get, you know what I'm saying, that out of my system before I could finally go to sleep. Man, how, I was watching the blacklist. Man, listen, I was watching How to Get Away with Murder, man. I love that show. That's one of the one of the I can't remember. I, I know I mentioned it. I don't remember where it was on my list because we did a top 10 TV shows mm-hmm. on here. I don't remember 
why if I put it in my top I think 10, you had it like three. I ain't no way I had that three. I gotta go back and look at this shit. I love that show, but I don't I think I had that it, shit that it, motherfucker. But um, but if if I gotta go movie wise, uh, she killed it in Widows. Yeah, um, for sure. Widows, she killed it. Um, look, we talked before uh, we started recording, and hey, I was she, like, she a great actress in that too, because her husband was Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I got a special set of skills. Yeah, skills. he got a special set of skills. It involves beating niggas. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but um, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. That that motherfucker boy. If he oh, wanted Python Gen, I'd really be pissed off. Oh man, you stupid. Um, okay, right. Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying earlier, uh, about like ten minutes ago, like there are certain shows or movies or whatever where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I hate seeing us portrayed this way. Yeah, but this movie really took over, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? The help, like the help, her performance. Look, dude, it did. At least the world that I was in, a lot of people was talking about. Um, a lot of people was talking about the help. And, I actually seen this movie. And the thing about the help, like, look, she killed it. Olivia, her and Olivia was really battling yeah, it out. Like both sure. of them really battling it out. Sure. But I'm not gonna sit back and 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 not mention that. I think, to be honest with you, if you really look at the cast, like. Emma Stone did a really good job as well. Jessica Chastain, she made you hate her. Like this was the only time I hated Jessica Chastain in the movie. Hey man, I ain't gonna lie to you. I wasn't giving no white folks credit in that movie. <laughs> I make it a I make it a rule that I have to do that if it's a period piece, and especially if it's like a Jim Crow period piece, I don't give white folks no credit. I don't give them how good they was in that movie. They don't get no credit out of me. So far as I know, it was just Olivia Spencer and uh, Violet <laughs> Davis doing well in that movie. You is kind. You is smart. Man, you stupid man. <laughs> I look. I feel. I feel what you're saying. But like, this is another one of those things. Like we did. Uh, what did we just do? Um, Midnight Mass. Like yeah. how we hated Bev. But the, oh yeah, for the, sure. The woman killed it though. Like Jessica Chastain, like she made me fucking hate her. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, and she, I got her, she got Chastain. her. She got her. Just do at the end. So don't yeah, matter. yeah. You know what I'm saying? She ate the shit pot. Man, so, what? Let me tell you something about that, <laughs> nigga. When she looked that woman in her face and said that shit, I was like, that's why she got that Oscar. That's exactly why she got that Oscar. Because that scene, bro, ain't no way she kept a straight face in that scene, bro. <laughs> hey, bro. You telling somebody yeah, that you, you eat my, my shit? shit? Yeah, come on, man. That hey. that line right there would have had me laughing so hard, bro. And then the dope part about it was the fact that when, when she read it in the book, 
she had to tell everybody that it wasn't this town because she didn't want nobody to know she ate her shit. Man, but man, listen, man, you had uh you had Bryce Dallas Harper in this joint, man. It was a lot of known people in there. For people that don't know, I said Harper. I meant Howard, my bad. Uh Dallas Bryce uh Howard. That's actually Ron Howard's daughter. Um, oh wow. Yeah, you didn't know that? Mm-mm. Girl from uh the new Jurassic World movies, the redhead. Really? Yeah, it makes sense though. Now that you said he looked, she looked just like him. Yeah, that's Ron Howard's daughter. She was in that one episode of uh Black Mirror when it was about the uh the likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh for those who don't know Ron Howard, he got real, real famous from uh Happy Days. Yeah, and he became one of the you know what I'm saying, successful directors. You know what I'm saying? And Uh, a lot of y'all niggas was hating on him because he did the Da Vinci Code. Exactly. Yeah, so his daughter is an actress, and she was in that movie as well. Uh, she was really like the only good. Well, her and Emma Stone was the only two good white people in the town. But um, Emma Stone but yeah, too. Uh, yeah. So, nah, Widows was dope, man, because I I, I thought that you know that was and look, that's another one of those things that we was talking about how they mm-hmm. taking the women. And the women are like the badasses. Yeah. And like, they, well, like they was regular women at first, but like right. basically. Having to learn how to rob banks and shit. Yeah, because they husbands fucked some, fuck some people over and they had mm-hmm. to do a job to pay these people because their husband owed them money. Now, which, I got a question for you. Go ahead. I got a question for you after this stuff. No, nah, go ahead. Go. That's all I was going to say. Okay. Now, how how fast do you think you could learn how to rob a bank? <laughs> well, first I'm calling, of all, I'm calling bullshit on this movie. Even though okay. it's a great movie, I'm just calling bullshit on the premise of it. Ain't no way they learn how to rob a fucking bank that fast. Well, I think you can learn how to rob a bank fast, but doing it successfully. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that's that's the thing. No way. There's no way they was able to do that that fast. Yeah, that that is the part. Like anybody can go out here and and rob a bank and get your ass caught up. That's what I'm but saying. But just the fact of them getting away with it. Come on, man. Yeah, I don't care how fire Viola Davis is. I know she's smart as shit, but ain't no way she got away with that shit, bro. Yo, but like yo, the cast was crazy. Yeah, that was you know amazing. You had Michelle Rodriguez, Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had uh, man, Daniel Kalula was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh uh Brian Tyree Henry was in this joint. Man. Uh it's Colin Farrell, Robin, yeah. Robert uh Duvall was in this. Like, yo, it has some yeah, some Robert Duvall is crazy. <laughs> Why man? Because like he no, I'm saying like he one of them people that's like an actor actor, you know what I'm saying? Like he costs. <laughs> Colin Farrell don't cost, man. Like, that dude, man, come on, man. Colin Farrell costs money. I'm sorry. Man, especially what he did in uh, uh, playing the Penguin in the Batman. Come on, man. Come on. Man. People still talk about phone booth. Like, what are you talking about? 
Colin Farrell cost out here. Colin Farrell cost, man, but he don't look when I say Robert Duvall cost, like Robert Duvall been doing this for a long ass time. He was in the original Godfather, man. That's what I'm saying. Like he's he's a he's a um he's he's like an established, established actor. And I'm not saying Colin Farrell isn't, I'm saying like, but dude's been doing this like for a minute. So to get somebody of his stature. Somebody who that's like getting Meryl Streep. Real, that's like getting Viola Davis. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who's been doing it for so long and 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 so as accomplished as they are, like bro, the, these people cost like Viola Davis. Whatever she getting paid, I'm pretty sure that's a that's a pretty huge budget. But this is the thing, though. I don't think that Viola Davis at that time still wasn't getting like. I'm pretty sure Liam Neeson got paid more than her than this, even though she's the lead. I I'm pretty sure. I don't know, man. Like, I think Colin Farrell, even though, like, you're not you, gonna pay. You're not gonna pay somebody. You're not gonna pay a supporting actor more than you pay the lead actor, bro. But, but this is the thing, man. We've heard about these these prices that they're doing to especially black women in Hollywood. I'm not saying that I know this for a fact. I'm just saying like, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out later that the the pay wasn't too far off is what I'm saying. No, no, I, don't, I, I feel like by now we'd have heard about that shit, especially I mean, in this day and age. We'd have definitely heard about that shit. I think we complains about pay scale and it nah, we heard about that because you got to remember those that's what she does like she's a she's one of the people that that um advocates for you know what I'm saying women's rights you know what I'm saying so she she's already on the front lines doing that shit so for them to do that and then hit her with that nah she'd have been talking about that shit no nah, I feel you I feel you um Another thing about Viola Davis we talked about before we started recording was just like she has a lot of movies that she's appeared in, but mm-hmm. she was only in a couple of scenes. Like, you know, what I'm saying? I don't really remember her that much. And and I know I'm about to name shit. I know you're gonna be like, yo, I ain't seen that. But like <laughs> she she was in she was in black hat, you know what I'm saying? Um she didn't have like a a, a large ain't have a large role in that. Get on up. Oh, she, that. she, but you know, what I'm saying this was mostly about uh Chadwick, but yeah, like James Brown story, yes, sir. But like you know, what I'm saying she's not really in it that much, right? Uh, I never seen um Ender's Game. I never seen that. Oh, she was, but, she was, she was um, all right in Ender's Game. Actually, Ender's Game, she had a small role in that too. Ender's Game was actually fire, but she had a small role in that too. But um, she did, she did real good. It was more so Ben Kingsley, but she did good. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't even really remember her in Prisoners. Um, I know uh, in that shit. Uh, beautiful uh, creations. Like she had a small role in that. Um, that was uh, like a like a goat, not ghost, but like a witch type of movie type of joint. What was but it? I don't re- uh, beautiful creations. Yeah, definitely didn't see that. Uh. Obviously, you know, she was in the help, but like she has like a a bunch of movies. Like I don't remember her in Night and Day, like at all. 
Word. I don't remember her in that. She had a small role, maybe one or two scenes in Law Abiding, uh, Law Abiding Citizen. Definitely um, don't remember her in that. I do because that's when she uh, gave uh, Jamie Foxx the Bible where he had to, she she swear to men, like so that was like one of the scenes that she was in. Um, Medea goes to jail. She was in maybe two or three scenes in that. I didn't see that either. Um, listen. Madea go to jail is fucking hilarious. That's one of the that's one of the the Tyler Perry joints that I fuck with. Um, I'll take your word for it, my boy. But uh, she had she was in my maybe two maybe three scenes in Disturbia, so she's mm-hmm. been in a lot of movies where you know what I'm saying. But she has a small role, like she played Fifty Cent's grandma in Get Rich or Die Trying, but she was probably only in like two scenes then. And then one of my favorite movies where she reconnected with Denzel Washington again is Anquan Fisher, which that movie is a lot of trauma. For sure. But but you know what I'm saying? She and then she was only in the movie in the last scene. You know what I'm saying? Like the last like three to five minutes of the movie. Mm, um, she played his mom, right? Yeah, she was his mom that yeah. gave him up for adoption. And um, you know, he was searching for her. So it's like that was a tough thing that I was telling you about by giving a top three because like there are movies that I really like you know mm-hmm. like you mentioned um the Suicide Squads like she wasn't like the you know what I mean she wasn't the one no nah, movie she did her motherfucking thing though she did like she you did. So, like this is when I say like she did her thing like it's a lot of people that don't know shit about Amanda Waller right because like. A lot of people don't know nothing about the Suicide Squad for real. Amanda Waller, right, in in the comic book, told Batman to go fuck himself one time. <laughs> <laughs> like no bullshit. Like she is, um, she has, um, she's a super intellect. So she, you know, what I'm saying, like she got a whole bunch of motherfuckers that she outwit and all that shit. Like, she's, like, one of the highest-ranking people in the government. You know what I'm saying? Like, Amanda Waller is a is a real-life badass. Like, she don't hold no punches. And one of the um and one of the shows, I mean, in one of the shows, in one of the comics, they on the mission, Suicide Squad on the mission. And in the mission, they doing something, and Amanda Waller calling them on the, on the headset, like, yo, you need to hurry up and move and make the play. And dude, like, I'm pinned down. If I do it, I'll die. She said, if you don't do it, you'll die. And he was like, well, I don't have a choice. She pushed the button and blows his fucking head up. So she holds no punches. So for her to embody that in that movie, the way she did, and she also played Amanda Waller in one of the um, Dark Knight joints, too, I believe. I thought it was the Peacemaker. No, she was in Peacemaker, too. I'm saying she was in not, um, what am I thinking of? What's the the is it the Justice League or one of them? She played Amanda Waller in another movie outside of um Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Oh, dude, I know what you're talking about. She did the Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad. No, no, Those I know the- she did both of them, but no, no, they they might not have credited her on that, but she also did one where she's Talking, I mean, was she like sitting down with Batman? It might have been like an end credit scene or something, but it might have been like Justice League or something. But she was in one of them where she was actually talking to Bruce Wayne. 
Well, it, it might be what you said. Maybe she didn't get credited for it because yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it on here. Okay. Um. So another thing I want to mention before we get into the top three is like I was listening to her in the interview and and like I said, like I think that she is very very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about, and I think this is something that I think people really need to realize if you want to be an actor or actress. She was saying that what people got to also understand that you are unemployed 95% of the time. Yeah, for real. And she was like, there are only, she was like, she was like, there are only like 5% of actors that make more than, I think she said either 50 or 500 grand a year. Mm-hmm. So it's a very small percentage of actors that are out here trying to make it, and they're not even making fifty thousand a year. So, if this is something that you want to do, you also got to understand and realize, like, yo, like, like I know how everybody was was getting on Nicolas Cage because you know he got into his, uh, I think it's, I think it was tax problems. Uh, it, it was either, it was some it was some kind of money problems or tax problems or something, and like Nick Cage was doing like like five eight movies a year and shit, and about like mm-hmm. Nick Cage doing all these stupid movies, but it's like at the same time, my man is getting paid out here. Like yeah, I mean it might not be the best work, but like you know what I'm saying, these are one of those situations where you got you got to do what you got to do, you know what I'm saying to survive, and. I know a lot of people was making fun of him, but like when you hear statements like that of where, you know, 95% of the time you're unemployed and there are only like 5% of actors that make more than, you know, so much money a year. Mm-hmm. So like if if you see somebody do a movie and you like, yo, that movie's stupid. Why they do that movie? It's a bag. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. And you got more, you got mortgage payments, you got, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to keep your kids in private school. And not you only know, that, like, these motherfuckers living a lifestyle that they really can't afford at the end of the day. These motherfuckers going to get all these big-ass houses and getting all these fancy fucking cars and shit. So by the time it come down to it, shit, they ain't got no choice but to, you know what I'm saying, uh, work all these stupid-ass movies and TV shows and shit like that. And and I think that's another reason I remember listening to and look, let me tell you something. And I might have mentioned it on that episode, but it didn't make my um my top ten. But there's a show that came out um mid two thousands, like you know, somewhere around two thousand ten ish, fifteen ish. Um it had like three, I think it was three seasons called The Following. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Starring Kevin Bacon, right? Oh, yeah, I know that. That came out on Fox, right? Man, that show was that show was bad, but like that show was a badass. I love that show. Yeah. But so Kevin Bacon was giving an interview, and like somebody asked him because like Kevin Bacon was is you know built from that cloth of you start in TV, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You give it a breakthrough, you get on the big screen, and usually mm-hmm. you stay on the big screen. And he was talking about like, yo, there has been like a reversal with the way that things is going now. He was like, you start in TV and your whole thing is to get on the big screen. But he was like, there are more big actors doing more TV shows for two reasons. He was like, for number one, the audience 
is gravitating towards TV more. Right. But then at the same time, he was like, yo, it's a steady paycheck. And he was mm-hmm. like, I forgot what that felt like. He was like, because you get paid for a movie, and then basically, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you get, you know, your uh your one checks, uh, what they call them check, royalty checks for like different yeah. movies and stuff like that, but it's not a constant check. He was like, Yo, when you're doing TV, you're constantly, you know, getting checks, you know, and that's why a lot of big actors are going back and doing TV. So if people are wondering, like, you know, I even though Viola Davis is, is who she is, she's still like she wasn't headlining movies like a Kevin Bacon was. Oh, she didn't have to. Once she got uh how to get away with murder and it got them seasons that it got, she was good. That shit is yeah. syndication and shit now. Like she's straight, she getting royalties off that shit, she good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so like, you know, Kevin Bacon that uh I sh- matter of fact, I need to check it. What's today's date? Uh, oh man, I think the first episode came out this weekend and I missed it. So Kevin Bacon got a show uh with uh a bar, what's his name? Argus Hodge. Elgis uh, Hodge. Elgis Hodge, uh mm-hmm. City on the Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh the third season just came back. So oh man, so I gotta go back and watch that. But basically the point that I'm making is so for the people that are wondering why you're seeing big name actors or actresses doing TV shows. It's because it's a steady check. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, but I also think it's dope because it's what's great about shows is just a reincurring story. You know what I'm saying? Like to to keep something going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the with the you know, with the same cast and stuff like that. If they're doing it right, if they're doing it right, that's the one dope thing about TV shows. But mm-hmm. uh I I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, man. Um, and then don't forget, man. Last but not least, before we continue, man, 2017, she finally got her star on the Walk of Fame. Um, and then I believe two years after that, she was um, and she became an ambassador for L'Oreal Paris. But that star on the Walk of Fame are definitely the uh, the the that's the one. You know, so oh, yeah, deserve that big time. For sure, for sure. So, man, um, top three, what you got? Well, I mean, when when I was telling you before we started, like, it's difficult to do because she's been in so many great movies, but you know, she had small roles and stuff and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like I kind of want to use the stuff that she at least had a lot in. Um, so obviously, I gotta, I gotta, you know, what I'm saying, go, you know, how to get away with murder. Uh, like I told you, I was it was appointment TV for me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Widows. Um, I really fought with that movie, but for that last spot, man, it's gonna be. I think I'm gonna surprise you with this one. I'm gonna go Unforgettable. Um, the Netflix movie that uh was the Sandra Bullock movie. Like Sandra Bullock was, uh, she was convicted of killing an officer. Um, basically, the outcome of that movie, she went to her old house, and Viola Davis and her husband lived in that house. And her and Viola kind of got this relationship where she kind of helped her because she was trying to 
find her sister because she ended up covering. Well, she ended up covering for her little sister because at the time her little sister was like five or six years old or some shit, and she picked up the gun and shot this cop, and she basically took the rap for that. So her sister didn't have to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm probably gonna go there uh, for the simple fact of like, you know, if you're going on performance, you know, you would say the help, but it's kind of like the help ain't like a rewatchable movie for me. Like I seen it, I don't really need to see it again. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm gonna go there, man. I'm gonna go How to Get Away with Murder, um, The Unforgettable, and um, uh, Widows. Well, I'm going no particular order. Um, Suicide Squad, of course. You know what I'm saying? I thought she did, like I said, the most amazing job being Amanda Waller. She really embodied that role. Um, I would, I would really encourage anybody to go and look at the comics just to see what Amanda Waller is about, and then go back and really watch her in that role. I mean, I know it's only a short time, but just watch her in that role. And, and watch her do what she does, and she really takes that role and brings it to life. Um, also, man, I can't lie; she did she did a great job in the help. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with the help, and then last but not least, I'm gonna um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, the Suicide Squad. Okay, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. Um. Oh, okay. My show it starts tomorrow. All right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> all right, man. So I haven't seen this yet. I think I think I heard you say you seen it. Um, man, I seen it and zone. I listened to the pod. So, uh, so yeah, this is what I'm going to be uh, spending my weekend. How many um, episodes is it? Um, episodes I believe is five or six. It might be less than that. But if you want to, um. I would if I was you, I would listen to the pod first and then watch the show. Because the pod gives it give you a little bit more detail. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. And uh if y'all wondering what the hell we're talking about, we're That's talking right. about Netflix uh the what we call it? Docu series? Uh limited docuseries. Yeah. Limited docuseries, uh Girl in a Picture. Yep. Um you know, so we're giving y'all uh, the doc for the month. Um, so I'm going to be looking forward to it, man. I've been, I've been seeing it on there, man. It's in my queue. I, I've been waiting. This shit is nuts. It, man, it, the, the trailer seemed that way. I'm so, talking about sex, drugs, murder, mystery, all of that <laughs> shit, man. All of that shit, man. Oh, man. This is yeah. what it's about. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward. Uh, looking forward to watching this, man. For sure, man. Yeah. But no, nah, I mean it's it's super interesting, man. Um, once you actually figure out what's going on, it get crazy in the beginning, and then like after that, you know what I'm saying? It 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 kind of get like real deep into the story after a while, and you be like, oh shit! But um, this was so good that Netflix had to turn it into a podcast as well. So I knew for a fact that's how good this shit was. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's called Girl in the Picture on Netflix. It's out now. Y'all go check that out. And while y'all doing that, man, also hit us up on the socials, man. Uh, let us know what you think. 
give us a rating, you know what I'm saying, leave us some feedback on Instagram and Twitter at ViewAnonPod. Also on Facebook at VA Pod Watch Group. You can follow me on Twitter at Schools Bronson. Uh, I have a link tree by a link tree link in my bio. You can find me everywhere else. And also, man, make sure you go stream that Zambian. It's on everything else. Z A M B I N T. It's everywhere. It's on all the music platforms. Go stream that joint ASAP. Yes, sir. Everybody go out and uh, go stream that, man. Seriously. Um, for me, y'all can find me at s.foster8 on Instagram and Twitter. At 28 Minutes or Less Pod, that's only on uh, IG. Um, check out the podcast on all major platforms. The last podcast that I put out was episode 95. You know what I'm saying? My um, opinions on R.B. Drake Graham. You know what I'm saying? So go, uh, go check that out. I had to uh, Dive into the music world a little bit. Also, um, be on the lookout um, at the beginning of the next month. Um, even though I'm probably going to drop something for y'all this week, but you know what I'm saying? The uh, long anticipated return to uh, the 28 Minutes of Less Scoops Bronx is going to be coming on there to speak about the album after the album drop. Mm-hmm. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Yes, sir, man. um, With that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. As always, it is greatly appreciated. And until the next episode, like they say in Hollywood, that's a wrap. Cut.